Well, hello. It is Thursday, July 9th, 2020. Yesterday was a massive day for our company. We'll talk all about it. Shout out Fandle. Hey, shout out Fandle. What a time. And I can't thank you all enough for giving us a shot. Listening to our shows, watching our shit on YouTube, listening to my dog Chuck cough in the middle of that. You all right, bub? You guys are the greatest. I'm forever indebted to you, and I genuinely mean that. I'm very, very, very thankful for all this, as are the boys. And we're just going to try to enjoy the hell out of this ride. Hope you enjoy today's show. If you do, go ahead and tell a friend. If you don't, just act like it never fucking happened. And also, shout out to Roman. Obviously, everybody knows Roman is the men's health brand that's trying to help you be the best you. Whether it's hair products, skin products, you name it, they have it to make you the ultimate you. The thing that we are currently uh, selling you and informing you about is quarantine sex is a real thing, okay? Get a little bit boring. Why don't you have some long sex? Why don't you have the best sex you've ever had in your life? Why don't you have sex after rubbing some Roman swipes on your shaft? Yes, Roman swipes are this geniusly crafted swipes that you rub on your baby maker moments before fornication. And it'll make you have longer, better sex. And it won't transfer to your partner, so nobody will even know that you were taking a performance-enhancing swipe. It arrives in your door, at your door, in discreet packaging. It's small enough to go in your pocket. Nobody will know you have it. And nobody knows that you have a secret weapon, a tag team partner in your pocket that's going to make you have longer, better sex. And right now, go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Get free two-day shipping right now. It's a good deal. It'll make you better in a sack. GetRoman.com forward slash pal. Okay, let's get to it. Well, hello, sensual piano keys. You sound incredibly inspirational and motivational. Big announcement coming from our company. You know, throughout my entire life, I've made decisions that people have said, ooh, that is stupid. You've read about them. You heard about them. When I was in high school, I went to an underground poker game, won 1400 bucks, flew myself down to Miami, won a kicking contest, and got a scholarship to West Virginia the next day. I turned my back on soccer that day. Everybody said, you're an idiot. Why are you doing that? You have more schools looking at you for soccer than you do for football. What are you thinking? Fast forward eight years with the Indianapolis Colts, and I was on top of the world, top of the mountain. How's the view? Not too shabby. When I was at the top of my game, I decided, you know what? I'm going to pursue some other stuff. My friends and I are going to go to work on the internet. We're going to try to chase fulfillment as opposed to just a paycheck. And there were some interesting responses from people of power in the sporting world. Make them tear the uniform off of you. Look, somebody needs to stage an intervention. People who know this guy, get to him now. Make him put his helmet back on and get the camp. Oh, no, there's no intervention, Wilbon. No, no, no. Here we are three years after that date. It's a celebration, bitches. Cut the music. Let's hand out some bags to the boys. For the boys. For the boys. Oh my god. Are you home? Alright, come up front door. What's up, dude? 
What's this? Oh, you son of a bitch. What the fuck? Fuck you. Oh, oh yeah, that is a bag of money. Oh, Fandor deal went through. That's fifty thousand dollars. Here's a backpack with uh, fifty thousand dollars in it. Oh, fifty thousand. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, so there's fifty thousand dollars in there. Yes, there's fifty thousand dollars. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Let's go. You brought it back. <laughs> Oh man. Let's, have Let's go, dude. Let's go. I appreciate you, buddy. Yo, this is. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, dude. We did it. Couldn't have done it without you. Oh, dude. There's <laughs> a fuck ton of money. <laughs> you guys, <huh? laughs> When I asked Dan Patrick for some advice, he told me always take care of the boys. Well, and you should know those people that are there with you that their value cannot be overstated and should not be overstated. So Mike Wilbon, they didn't hold my jersey on me. They didn't hold my helmet on me. We didn't have an intervention. What we have is a celebration because when you bet on yourself, sometimes you hit for big. And for us, the only place we'll bet for the next couple years in an exclusive deal, FanDuel backed the Brinks truck up to our office and we have never been more thankful, more excited, and more together as we promote the greatest sports book on planet Earth. Good morning, beautiful people. Obviously, a massive day for this office. If you're listening on radio and not watching on YouTube, we made a rather large uh, declaration this morning uh, by a video that was put together by Foxy uh, displaying that we just signed a multi-year deal to be exclusive with FanDuel as our sports book partners. So we had a deal with FanDuel. So we had a deal with FanDuel. It was like a a quick run this past fall. And as soon as it started, FanDuel basically, whenever they, they didn't want me to, to do anything that they they were like, listen, anything you want to do, do it, right? Anything you want to do, do it. Now, granted, there's regulations because sports gambling has become a federally regulated thing, and, and it's going to open up to more and more states. There's a couple big announcements for states that are getting legalized for the mobile sportsbook app coming soon, but I'm not going to be the one to break that news because <laughs> I could be wrong, and I do not want to do that, but I am privy to some information now that's very interesting. But whenever we started working with FanDuel, the people there were just so cool. They're like, listen, whatever you think, of whatever you want to do whatever odds you want to boost whatever uh campaigns you want to run we ran a spread the love campaign which had never been done in this fashion before and i thought it was a big joke i thought there was no way fan would allow it they were like hey any idea you think of just kind of send it to us we'll see if we can get it regulated and pass through and since we have the best tech in sports gambling which FanDuel does and we own the book itself so we can change lines and stuff like that no problem we can implement it quickly i was like well how about the spread the love campaign there and they're like, what's that mean? I was like, I think it's like team betting. You know, like if we get a certain amount of people to bet on something, can we raise uh, the points? Can we get more points if we get more people on there? They're like, uh, yeah, I think we could do that. Let's see what happens. They go, they get it tested, whatever. Then the Indianapolis Colts against the New Orleans Saints was the first time we did it. The Colts were plus 60 or something like that. So for every 250 people that uh, bet on that, it went up another point. We had it at plus 60. Then did it for the IU game against Purdue, I believe. It mm-hmm. might have been IU-Purdue. Yeah. And it got up to like plus a hundred and something. So like these campaigns are things that FanDuel, I, I'm not sure any other sports book would do. They lost millions. <laughs> and millions. 
millions off of those things. And FanDuel was like, we want more of them. Whatever you can think of to make sports gambling as much fun as possible for people, we are in. Because for a long time, sports gambling has had kind of that, like, I don't want to say uh, shady uh, feel, but it kind of was because it wasn't legalized. So you had to go to somebody in a corner. You had to kind of talk to them. Then you see the movies like Uncut Gems and, and you start thinking of like how some people get in there. But really, the only experience I've had since retiring sports gambling is like I have a good time with it with the guys. I'm like, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. And FanDuel and I, uh, we've really been a perfect relationship. And joining us in like 28 minutes will be Matt King, the CEO of FanDuel, just to talk to him about why did he decide to back the bring truck up to us? That was very, very nice of him. We're very, very thankful. Uh, it was, it's been hard. This has been like a three, four month conversation now with FanDuel to figure out how to get this deal right. They will be re-showing our show daily at 10 p.m. on their digital platforms that they own. I believe TVG is one of them. And also, I'm not sure the other name. Sports Grid, I think. Sports Grid mm-hmm. is on, but I don't know if, I don't know how that's going to. I think it's on Sports Grid as well. Uh, they'll also use some of our social media clips, and then most importantly, they'll be—they're going to let us do whatever the hell we want with that sports book to hopefully promote it because they are the friendliest. Okay, they really are. Oh yeah, they refund people whenever they think something's unfair. Right. If a ref makes a mistake or something, they'll refund people that lose it. No sports book is doing no. that. No, no, like they don't have to. Could very easily collect their money, refund it. They want to do things the right way, and we're very thankful to sign, uh, you know, a multi-year deal with them, and it was a big one. I'm going to be honest. This was a hilarious deal. I had to practice with a straight face the amount of money that I was expecting out of this deal. <laughs> and I practiced it in the mirror whenever I was looking in the mirror and I said the number because I knew we had a conversation. Matt King, the guy that's coming in, the CEO of FanDuel, we, I'd never met him before. And before they saw the back end of the deal that we made, right? Like the how we performed for mm-hmm. them and, and how our people got on board with us, which I can't thank you all literally enough. I don't know which camera. I can't thank you all enough for rocking with us on a daily basis because without you, literally, and I have no idea why. The people that followed me on Twitter, like from the beginning, I started growing a following, you know, on Twitter, and I stuck with it a lot. I was I was on Twitter a lot. I invested a lot of time on Twitter, and people kept following. And I, people would ask me why, like, why do you think he's being followed? And I have no idea. Like, I honestly have no idea. I might be the dumbest human on earth. Okay, I got, I got in a, a resounding amount of moxie. I think at this point, I think it could be a good way to describe me. And it makes no sense that you guys rock with us so hard and rock with me. I am so thankful for you guys in the way we perform a fan. Now, granted, I I'm gonna pep. We gave winners out. Like, uh, oh, yeah. I, I oh, gave yeah. a oh, yeah. lot of winners out. We boosted odds on a lot of winners. I mean, we, and to be honest, I thought it was potentially going to ruin the deal with FanDuel. Like, sure. I, I thought there was a chance that it was going to ruin because we're giving out locks. We're boosting odds, which means you're getting more bang for your buck than any other sports book. Whenever we choose to do so, you know, like, that's what FanDuel does. And they saw the back end performance, but Matt King wanted to talk about a bigger deal. You know, he was like, hey, let's go ahead and why don't we go ahead and try to lock this down? So he comes to Indianapolis and we go to lunch. I think I'm in a sleeveless hoodie and jorts. Okay, I think I'm in a sleeveless hoodie and jorts. And the conversation just started. And there was a lot of things thrown out there. There's a potential business uh, partnership that's going to happen here in the next couple months, too. We're in full conversation. It's just whenever you start talking to him, he was like such a cool dude. It made no sense. Like I, It made no sense how cool of a guy he was to be in a position he's in in a business that is currently like a rocket ship right now. It's just it was very it was a very cool conversation. I'm very thankful for him, but this this conversation negotiation has been going on for a couple months, and I am I have don't have a filter. 
And there's been a couple of times on this show where I've just wanted to be like, wait until you hear what, <laughs> because you never know what's going to happen. There was a couple of days where it felt like maybe because obviously there was a sports hiatus and there was a full quarantine and there was a lot of days where it was like kind of difficult, I think, for both sides to even want to talk business, right? It was like a very, it was like, hey, that we are in a time that we will never, ever, ever have again. Like this is a crazy time of change, crazy time that has never happened, unprecedented. So there was a couple of days where, you know, it was like, this is not what we should be talking about. We should talk about stuff but man through the entire thing it's felt like a real partnership with FanDuel and I am so so thankful and as soon as I said the number to them that I was thinking and I did it with a straight face by the way I was pretty proud of me. Method actor. You know, I thought about Johnny Depp whenever yeah, he's walking yeah, out the nice. bags out yep. of the airport. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, you just got to act as if, dude. Just act as if here. So I practiced in the mirror the number that I thought it would be, a number I think I would need. Then I go to him, and he says, what do you think? What do you think for this type of thing? And I say the number. I deliver it with a very straight face. I'm not going to say it because there's no reason to really rub that in there. It's big. And uh, I said it with a straight face. And he looked at me, and he goes, I think we can do that. And I was like, damn, should have said more. <laughs> <laughs> Valley Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs deal. Valley Patrick Mahomes should have said dog, more. You wore dogs yourself. I did. I, I did. But it, but it was more than enough for me to be like, yeah, this is awesome. So FanDuel becomes our exclusive sports book in a massive marketing partnership. Um, and I can't wait. Man, I'm so, so thankful. And I, the, the other night, now granted, that was obviously – a long time ago, none of the guys have the money still in their house. So uh, if you know where they live, that thing, the, a lot of them didn't know what to do, to be honest. <laughs> oh, the yeah. next day after no that money was delivered to their houses in bag. And, and by the way, we were going to do briefcases, but you got to secure the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like the bag, the bag is so much better. And we, got, we had to get 10. My, my lady, Sam, she went to a couple different stores to find 10 backpacks. Nice it, backpack. Great backpack. Nice backpacks. backpacks. Great backpacks. By the way. Only like 20 bucks a pop. Yeah. And there was like $65. She was sending me pictures of these backpacks. She was like, D- are they going to use these backpacks again? I was like, I would assume. And she was like, well, we shouldn't go like this. Here, this one's a good medium one. It's $19.99. The other one's $65, 70 bucks. <laughs> they are charging parents an arm and a leg for these bags. So we get the $20 bag. So a little bit. You guys can get your own bags now at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that whole thing going around with the bags to all you guys, I mean, it was so much fun. The bank process, though, was oh. a whole ordeal. I mean, me and Foxy going into a bank asking to withdraw, you know, that amount of cash is very hilarious. I go in there, by the way, once again, George, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing. And the bank, big shout out to the bank, okay? They had, the, it's my money. Right, yeah. so I would like that to be known. Sometimes it feels like the bank people, and it's not just for me. I assume it's for everybody. They act as if it's their money, right? Mm-hmm. And I can understand that because you're they, they do a great job of protecting it. But the amount of time it took for the Huntington employees to get all this out, like I am very, very, very thankful. Can't even imagine. <laughs> very, very thankful for them. But boy, what a day, July eighth. It's a cool one. Matt King will be joining us in like 20 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, they have to count everything, too. And it, that, that was a pretty deep stack there. And it's like, you know, when you go to a casino, they have to count out every dollar in front of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has to happen to the bank as well. And I've never made that large of a withdrawal. That turned into quite a process. That turned into a rather... A lot of questions. A lot of questions were being asked. I mean, there was a lot going on. It was like, hey, just listen. I know this is probably going to be another four-hour process here, but let's keep it moving. And then the midnight ride to all the boys was fantastic. Yeah. It's just we're, we're in a pretty hilarious um, existence here. I mean, right in the middle of a pretty hilarious existence. I'm 33 years old. When I retired on that video, uh, you heard Mike Wilbon basically say that my friends need to give me an intervention and need to hold the helmet on me and all this stuff. And I, I think the, the fact that you guys, okay, 
you guys and then you guys joining and not even knowing what the hell it is the fact that you guys just quit your jobs and did this like i am so thankful for that because there was a couple times where i would lay down at night and i would think like why are nick and Diggs doing this like Diggs, Diggs, great salesman and credit card company weren't you Diggs? you were a great salesman. look at this guy mm-hmm. this guy could sell ice to a polar bear right? yeah, this guy right here look at this guy and he would give deals to everybody his boss didn't even know and he was just making <laughs> things happen yeah. nick went to school 45 years nick literally has a master's and all this stuff so whenever they whenever they were like hey if you're doing this we're, we're gonna come with you i mean that was a wild scene there was a couple times i laid down and i'm like well this is crazy because now it's not only me Right now, it's not only uh, my lady, but now I got my friends, their potential future families, and their everybody at home who knows these guys who just quit their jobs. It's probably like, you guys are idiots. So it really was a point where, and I want to thank you guys for that a lot. And I, I this is just the beginning, by the way. No, it's not. It's not the beginning. The beginning was then. Okay. Now we are, yeah. like, whenever people it's are like, hey, early. we're just getting started. Like, no, no, no. We, we, we've been going here rather hard. But I thank you guys for being there from the jump, man. Honestly. I, I honestly did. We were in a basement at one point. There was ghosts flying around. We were recording into an iPad at one point. I mean, we were bouncing around. We had this, that. I mean, it was a, it was a hell of a ride to get here. And uh, this is a massive investment into our company. And I think it's, uh, it couldn't be done without you guys. And I'll never forget when you called me and I was sitting in the cubicle and you called me and I took the call out in the, in the hallway and i was like you want to do what and i was like let me get back to you and then, <laughs> and then i thought it over and then i, I told my parents and they're like you're gonna do what and i was like listen i've known for pat for 20 years you guys have known pat for 20 years he has never failed at anything he has put his mind to do and i was like i trust my entire life with this human so i'm gonna move from pittsburgh i'm gonna go to indianapolis and we're gonna crush this and obviously that trend still continues and i can't oh that means a lot i have failed at things though i mean let's well, you know like i have let's maybe not, like a day but then the next day it's, <laughs> it's better yeah that is I, I feel like i i have a a good selection process on what i try to do i think that is something that like i'm not gonna try to do things like jeopardy for instance I'd be terrible at Jeopardy. There's things that I know that I would be terrible at, but Wheel of Fortune I get on there, probably going to clean sweep that thing. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, probably clean sweep that thing. I feel like I'm, I'm good at picking and choosing what I do, uh, but this one, I mean, it was a whole new world. We were very lucky. Like, the, the comments in the video, uh, going to Barstool there for the first year, year and a half, and we didn't move to New York, which I think we would have learned even more if we would have moved over there about how, you know, sales and how the whole thing operates. But getting a chance to have like that, like university almost into the Internet was really, really cool, like really, really nice. And that was the conversations I had with Eric and Dave whenever I was going to retire because I was going to start my own app. I was going to start my own app. I was going to put out a podcast like daily. I was going to charge like 99 cents a month for people because I had hundreds of thousands of followers in indiana and i was like if i just get 10 percent of these people to just pay one buck a month and i'm just making content on my own app this is no problem this will be a business and dave and erica reach out to me and by the way that wouldn't have worked just <laughs> hindsight <laughs> that, would, that would not have worked but dave and erica reach out and they're like hey whenever you retire you want to come so getting a chance to go and like learn and watch them while running our own business. So it was like we were running our own operation out here in Indianapolis while also seeing like how it kind of works was vital in this entire thing. And then whenever we go off and do it alone, there was a lot of people that obviously thought we weren't going to make. I mean, every single decision I've ever made, somebody has looked me right in the face and told me I'm an idiot and I'm not going to make it. And I've, these are some of the people I, I respect have said it. Like whenever I left soccer to do football in high school, the amount of humans that were calling and telling me and my family like why is he doing this like why are you because 
I don't want to scratch my own back here, but that was a rather large deal in the soccer world for a little bit. I had potentially the strongest leg to ever kick a soccer ball, and I was fast. Now, granted, I hated running, but that, I think that kind of comes <laughs> into it. But I had a lot more schools looking at me for soccer, a lot more, like 10 times more schools looking at me for soccer than I did for football. So whenever I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do football after a conversation with my old man, a lot of people were like, you're so dumb. Like People were telling me I was dumb. Like A lot of people were telling me I was very stupid. And then that obviously ends up working out. Then I get drafted to punt. I go to the Colts. And then whenever I think about doing stand-up or whenever I think about doing uh, my own merch company for Connor Daly to run the Indy 500, or whenever I think about doing any of this, I'm always told I'm an idiot by some people. And I would assume a lot of people have enough mental toughness to just be like kind of brushes. I don't. Like I, I swallow those and I remember those people forever. And that's why the Wilbon clip was so vital to this clip because it was literally as we were trying to figure out the announcement, I was like... Will Bond, day I retire. Because <laughs> I, I remember like it was yesterday because I have a lot of respect for Will Bond. I have a lot of respect for Kornheiser. I have a lot of respect for them. And listening to them talk to me, it was like, man, you, don't, you have no idea who I am. Like You obviously have done zero research. You have no idea that I've already sold out a stand-up comedy tour with over 10,000 tickets sold in under like 30 minutes. You have no idea about any of this. Like you, you, So that was like a, a driving force. So then I said, you know, whenever we get a Brinks truck backed up, in my mind, I was like, Mike Will Bond will be the first person. And we did reach out to him for comment because i thought after this long you know like maybe he'd be like uh hey i was wrong big respect and i can understand that not everybody will be able to do what we have been able to do it has taken a special group of humans alongside me here to be able to do this and also amount of work i misjudged the amount of work it was going to be okay i misjudged whenever i was in the nfl thinking about retiring to do this i misjudged how much work it was going to be but man when you're working with your friends and like you're working with a goal and a mission you really get going you kind of get lost in the process and all that but whenever we got here i said listen that will bond clip is going to be the thing that kind of drives this entire thing and it was and uh he has not responded. I would assume that Will Bond, though, at some point will do something hilarious about this. Mm -hmm. But this is a cool day for us, man. Really cool day. Man, that was my favorite. When you first started doing comedy while still playing in the league, and everyone's like, oh, he's, he's punting. Now he's doing comedy. Uh, he's going to punt for another 10 years. He's going to make so much money. I'm like, well, about that. Because <laughs> you'd always talk about it. You'd always, like, I don't know, maybe next year. And then and then no one would believe me when I'd say it. They'd ask me back home. I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to hang him up soon. I think, he's, I think he's about done with it. I just, you know, it's very, it's one of those things where I was very, very fortunate and lucky to play in the NFL. Very, very fortunate and lucky to play in the NFL. Not a lot of people get to do that. Um, and it set me up, you know, like it set me up. It gave me a head start on everything. I got to take care of my, of my family, my friends. I got to do a lot. It was really good. But once you start doing things like with the foundation i started doing a lot like uh philanthropic stuff off off the field and then i started doing like radio and then i started doing stand-up comedy and then that merch business with connor daly for the indy 500 like i saw how that started working and i started seeing everything else and for those stand-up comedy things i was running the theaters myself and just selling the tickets off my twitter so i literally saw how the entire business that worked and i saw some of the paychecks in that i'm like so there is money out here to make it unless this just disappears, which I'm not 100% <laughs> sure it will, there is a lot of money to be made off the field. And it was like two, three years, though, of me like, I think this is it. Like Because it's not about, I love the people at the Colts, like the all the behind-the-scenes people and teammates and everything like that. But I, 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 I kind of lost fulfillment in 
working my ass off and investing my time and energy into punting a ball whenever the offense fails, right? And I would have my best season and we would lose. So my happiness would be completely controlled by whether or not other people were working as hard or having as much success or getting as lucky as I was. It kind of got to a point where I was like, I respect punting. I appreciate punting. I appreciate the NFL, but I just feel like the time has kind of passed. And also I didn't really feel welcome at the workplace my last year. It was almost like I was not loved last couple years at my workplace so it was, you kind of put those all in plus another surgery on my knee it, it was just like the easy decision for me but then when i heard the backlash from people about how stupid i was it, that was the first time i was ever like oh maybe a bad idea <laughs> i didn't even i don't even and that's i think i'm dumb enough which i think is a pretty key i'm a dumb enough person that i don't overthink things it's like if i make a decision like okay let's go let's go and let's see how it goes and if it doesn't work let's remember it and look back so whenever i made the decision to finally retire it was like all right here we go i'm gonna go and then once the outside noise started creeping in it was potentially a bad idea i was like oh i guess it could be and then you guys both quit and join it it's like well then those guys they just quit their jobs (laughs) and i'm like well Get that out of there. Don't even think about that. Let's just get back to the goal here. And with the the group of boys that came in via interns, I mean, we are a lucky, lucky bunch here. And I can't thank you all enough for watching this stupid journey of us. At Nick Morado, at Tone Diggs, at Ty Schmidt, Jason McAfee, Viva Lazito, Evan Foxy, rocking a rose shirt. Okay. Whoa. Oh, real whoa, romantic. Whoa, whoa. Foxy. Oh. Hey, Foxy. Hey. Foxy, uh, great job on that video. Thank you. You had a great idea. I just had to put it together. Well, Foxy, and I did this morning we had a a uh what would that be called whenever you have like epiphany a, yeah an epiphany yes. we should have had the Wilbon thing at the very end of that mm, video I agree like at the end it should have ended with him popping up with the request for comment from Mike Wilbon that was denied or something like that just because like whenever you watch those documentaries or movies mm-hmm. it's like the last thing that pops up it'd be like he died you know and <laughs> we don't want that by the way we don't want that to happen but that I, I think that I loved I really enjoyed doing that entire video there. I love when you come to me with video ideas like that. I'm like, okay, what's next, Matt? <laughs> it was very, because we had to keep a secret. Oh, yeah. Like, this is Which been, is not easy for you. This has been very tough for me, this entire thing. The negotiations, the video concept here, having to go to a bank and pull out a few hundred, half a half a million dollars out of the bank. I mean, it's just, there's a very, there was a lot of secrets that I had to keep and I am not good at it. I am not good at all. So I'm thankful that this has happened, not only obviously for what FanDuel has done for us, but I'm thankful that I'm allowed to talk about it finally. Yeah. How long did you have the publisher's clearinghouse show up at the door idea? Uh, it's been a couple, couple like probably two months. Whenever Oops. I learned what the money was going to be, <laughs> then I was like, oh, this is awesome. Now what do we do? I didn't. I forget what it was going to be first. I was going to take you guys into like a uh, the the idea was. <laughs> What's that thing like? I what? thought I was I thought I was being loaded into a van. I thought I was going to get a bag on my head and being loaded into. So a van. what's that thing that's like trap rooms or whatever they're called? Oh, oh yeah, escape oh, rooms. Yeah. Escape yeah. rooms. I was going to have you all have to like. I don't co- get out. Yeah, you all have to like compete in a uh, in a as a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then whenever you make it out to the end, it's just like a big, big pile of cash. Never would have. Yeah, I know, but the content would have been amazing. <laughs> we would have thought. Oh. But to do that, I would have had to rent a building. I would have had to yeah. set it up. I would have because yeah. it's normally only for groups of four, I guess. So like a group mm. of ten would have been a little bit. Tough. I guess next time so there's a lot of thoughts <laughs> believe me we fell on the just show up at the door th- I fell on the just show up yeah. at the door thing it was like seven eight ideas down because I, I started learning that they probably weren't feasible all the other ones I'm that's like, normally how most of our ideas that's work. exactly <laughs> how this office works on the phones one eight three three six two two three 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 one at Boston Connor as well how you doing bub beep 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 <laughs> oh, Jesus
Doing well. I haven't taken this backpack off. Never will I. Oh, that's <laughs> smart. You should probably take that off, by the way. And I would like to let everybody know that's potentially about to break into our office right now that there is no money in nope. that backpack nope. right there. No, there's no money. I already spent it all. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, get some trees. Bad. Oh, actually, I bought a redwood. Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> bad news. We're just talking about bad news for us. Good news for Meekum Auctions. They are in town. Oh. Oh. Hold on, no. And they've. I saw a commercial last night. They've updated their online bidding uh, technology, so you can literally be there and bid because you got to wear masks oh. in there. Mm-hmm. You got to do the entire thing. I'm thinking about just going online and potentially hitting every Meekum auction that happens. Uh. But if we go live. I mean, if we're how, yeah, yeah, how pay off your debt, nineteen sixty-seven ah. Ford Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> See, we are people that aren't supposed to have nope. money. Uh, what is on your what is on your dry erase? Oh, board? on the board today, a Mike Wilpon is worse than Kenny the Jet. No, no, no. Oh. See, I disagree. I disagree. I think Mike Wilpon. Wilpon. Will Bond? I well, think he Will was Bond's a not good owners. I think he was a big uh, motivating factor in this entire thing. I'd hmm. say so. Oh, he didn't yeah. even know it guy for you. Guy yeah. didn't even know it. Yeah, for which ultimately for me as well. But <laughs> I carry a little more hate, I think, than you do. Oh, I respect that. <laughs> Intern Mitt is here. If you would have came around a couple of years ago, Mitt, you could have potentially got a bag, but your bag will come soon enough. I think with the way you operate. <laughs> Go. I think <laughs> that was a compliment. Man. That was a compliment for sure. Thanks, All right, let's talk about uh, the NBA's return. A picture got posted of the meal. The, the same thing happened with the MLS, by the way. The MLS people, uh, guys, whenever they got down there, the MLS schedule we learned from Tony Miola was insane. They're going to get meals brought to their rooms, basically. You're going to be watching film in there. You can only leave to train and, and for the games, and you're right back. And then the meals, you always just assume, like, well, if the meals are coming, then the guys are just going to be able to pick whatever the hell they want to eat, and then they'll just come up and be like room service. Classic yeah. room service, get three times. But I guess when you're dealing with that large amount of people, there's probably set meals that they bring in at certain times, so everybody's kind of eating Sam. I guess that makes a lot more sense logistically-wise. So the MLB put out a, uh, a one M- uh, MLS player put out a picture, and it looked bad. It looked like a Firefest meal, and then now, yeah, exactly, that was the MLS one, and it turns out that was not allegedly a meal that was just like a holdover snack until they got officially checked in and mm-hmm. it was like a welcome snack but the mls player was like is this what i'm gonna be eating for the next 40 days this is gonna be a problem same thing happened with the nba guy posted this photo of the meals that they were giving and uh it was one of these things where you see no protein in there okay you see salad you see some watermelon you see a shake you see it looks like an airplane meal it looks like an airplane Mm -hmm. meal but without the main course that picture was posted and it says uh tuesday july 7th dinner you got some uh fresh garden greens some arugula watermelon all this stuff and that obviously one hot around the internet Isaiah Thomas even tweeted saying, I cannot wait to see LeBron James eat this for his meal. Turns out this was just a snack to hold over, I guess. They brought in a massive piece of meat on the tray later in the night that the NBA was like, excuse me, we're not eating that trash tray this entire time. So it is like we all want this to fail, right? We all want the food, the the setup to fail because it sounds so stringent. But I feel like the leagues legitimately are trying their best to make this as good as possible. But I just don't know, living in a hotel for 40, 50 days, how good it can be. And I assume there's only going to be more and more of these types of things popping up on the internet as we go it's here. It's probably just startling to the players to get that, like, as even if it is just a welcome meal or whatever, to, Snack, get the, yes. to get that at, like, to see that and be like, is this what it's going to be like for at least a month? Is this my life now? Is this what I'm eating right here? You have got to be kidding me. But 
what are we going to hear in 15 days, 20 days yeah, yeah. from now? Well, mm. And like to your point, like, you know, typically like, I mean, those menus at like a, a nice resort like that are pretty big. Like if there's that many people, I don't, I think it's probably going to be like, hey, you want steak or chicken? Yeah. And it's like, going to be like wedding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be like wedding stuff. All right, you want steak or chicken or, or you would like a vegan option? Okay. This is what we got because we got to serve a thousand people here every single three times a day, every single night, which I would assume some of those bigger hotels are ready to go and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But some of those smaller hotels that maybe the MLS is at or, or maybe the bottom tier of the oh. Oh, the WNBA. That is going to be in a wild scene. And every, well, you're getting paid a lot of money to play basketball. I agree. Hey, I agree. But let's just talk about the if you were in their shoes type situation. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to unfold. I can't wait for them to come back though. Hey, thirtieth, and then August first, we got the NHL back, and then we got the MLS happening. We're rolling. We're rolling. July twenty eighth, the NFL is supposed to report to their training camps. Rookies report a week earlier. But boy, let me tell you something. The next couple weeks. Just like you saw with the MLB and Rob Manfred and the players, I think, I hope not, but it does feel as if that is what is going to potentially happen with the NFL and the NFLPA. I wish it would happen behind closed doors like the NHL and the NHLPA, but it's already getting contentious on the internet. There's a lot to figure out in the NFL before they get back to restart here in this COVID-19 quarantine world. To join us in talking about that 17-year NFL quarterback, beautiful, bald-headed man, Matt Hassel. Hey, you always cheat me on that other year, Pat. It was 18 years. You don't count that year I was playing uh, practice squad tight end for uh, the Green Bay Packers. People forget. It's not on your stats. People, that was his rookie year, I'd assume, right? Is that your rookie year? Yeah, my rookie year, the quarterbacks, Andy Reid was the quarterbacks coach. We had Brett Favre, we had Doug Peterson, we had Rick Meyer, and then oh, me. Yeah. So Andy Reid was like, listen, there's nothing for you to do at practice. Do you mind being on our practice squad, and do you mind playing scout team tight end every, <laughs> every, every week? And you can come to quarterback meetings. Don't worry. You get to hear what we say to Brett Favre. But uh, basically, <laughs> you're going to play tight end in practice. And I was like, yeah, cool, man. No sweat. I did that when I was 12 in Pop Warner. The problem was the Green Bay Packers starting defensive end that I was blocking most of the time was Reggie White. So that was, that was <laughs> Reggie White was not getting better, but I'm happy that you were. I wish Andy Reid would have just told Brett Favre what a nickel defense was, though, in the middle of one of those meetings. You know what I mean? I feel like that story has become legendary. What was said in those quarterback meetings? Listen, just like when like I took French in uh, high school, and there was a time when basically the teacher was like, you know, does anybody have any questions? And I was so far away from even understanding what she was talking about yeah. that I was too embarrassed to ask the question. <laughs> and so that happens a lot of times in quarterback rooms. Quarterback coach will go up there and be like, all right, 35% of the time, they're in the under front. We're going to call it a 25 front strong dog, three fire zone. Any questions? And you're like, mm, I'm too embarrassed. I don't know the difference between 42 queen and 25 under. And so Brett Favre, even though he was a starting quarterback, he felt the exact same way. And finally, he had a good enough relationship with his backup quarterback at the time, Ty Detmer. He was like, yo, Ty, can I ask you a question, man? Can I ask you a question? What do they mean about nickel defense? Uh, he's like, for real? That just means they take a linebacker out, they put an extra DB in, five DBs. He's like, that's it? Just a nick? That's it? That's why it's nickel? He's like, yep. And so, you know, it's still 11 on 11 in Brett's mind. But the point is, is that sometimes it's important that you got a buddy you can ask that question to. You don't want to ask in front of the whole class. Okay, funny you say that because Patrick Mahomes, I believe it was on uh, LeBron's barber shop 
The Shop. Yeah. The Shop on HBO. He said that it wasn't until like last season, midway through the season, that he kind of had an idea what defense were, defenses were going to do. He'd already won an MVP at this point. He was on his way to win a Super Bowl without knowing it and becoming the wealthiest quarterback in the history of North American sports, basically. And he said he didn't even fully understand what the defense was doing until about half. And he said he can still learn on that. Are we anywhere near Patrick Mahomes' ceiling? And do you think that this deal is only going to look better and better as we go forward? Well, just to address the first thing that you asked, yeah, this is exactly what happens in kind of the Bill Walsh, Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid systems. They bring in these rookie quarterbacks, and they throw everything at them. They know that they're not going to be able to understand it all. They know that it's going to be ugly. It's not going to go well, and they're not going to know what they're doing. From what I have heard, they did that to Patrick Mahomes. They just threw it all at him. They said, all right, let's just see what sticks. Let's let's measure him up. He had no idea. He was clueless, and yet he still threw five touchdowns in like the first scrimmage that they had or the first period that they had. So <laughs> they knew they had something special, and I just think that pro- probably what happens is like once you can put it all together when you know what your offense is doing – then you know what the defense is doing, and then you couple that with your talent. Uh, that's when you know that's when you have something special, and he's going to keep improving. But uh, just a quick quarterback thing. I think what does happen sometimes you do see guys regress a little bit when you forget uh, that these guys are human, and sometimes you can put too much on the plate of the quarterback, mm. and that's why you see great quarterbacks sometimes not play very good football. You think Patrick Mahomes? In, I, I don't know if anything kind of hints at this potentially happening but when you sign the largest deal in the history of north american sports like there comes some sort of like expectation in this entire thing do you think there's a chance that patty mahomes comes in next year a little bit tighter than he usually is because i think him being loose is what makes him showtime like that is what makes patrick mahomes patrick mahomes i I guess you're alluding to the fact that there's a chance that that could happen obviously because this is a human after all Yeah, but I don't think that'll happen this year. And especially, I really think the world of Andy Reid. You know, obviously I'm a little bit biased because he was, you know, essentially the guy, the only guy that really showed up for my personal pro day. And I got drafted (laughs) to the Green Bay Packers in large part because of him. But but the fact that Andy has coached other big personalities and other guys that have lived this life a little bit, you know, guys like Brett Favre, even Donovan McNabb in – in Philly, you know, Michael Vick, just like he's been around, like the wealth of experiences that Andy Reid has had dealing with these types of guys and these kinds of issues. I think that, you know, that the Eric Bieniemy plus Andy Reid plus Patrick Mahomes, I'm not too concerned about it. That the the talent is there. I, I think that this is just um you know, the future is really bright for everybody in Kansas City. How do you stop them? How, you just got to hope that contracts come up and they can't pay everybody? Or Because Andy Reid and Veach have a great history of drafting well, too. So it's like this team seems to be set up for a dynasty. And that's what he said in his announcement video. It was like, hey, we're not just looking to win. Like, we're looking to build a dynasty here. And that is quite a lofty expectation. But you look at that team, you're like, they might be able to do it. That team might literally be able to do it. Yeah, but you also know that this is football. This isn't ever, this isn't like other sports. And you saw, I think it was uh, a quarterback sneak where Patrick Mahomes just simply, you know, trying to get a couple inches and all of a sudden dislocates his kneecap or whatever it was, and then he's out for a little bit. So it's highly competitive. And sometimes, listen, the best team that I was ever on, I really feel like we had the best team in football the, in 05. We didn't win the Super Bowl, and we didn't deserve to win the Super Bowl. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers won it, but uh, but I, I feel like we were the best team. The best team in football does not always win the Super Bowl. And I think that's a lesson that's been learned by a lot of teams over the years. And, you know, Pat, I, I, uh, I got to Indy 
with you as teammates and you know just hearing the stories of guys one of the years you did <laughs> not go to the Super Bowl was 2005 mm -hmm. and the Steelers ended up winning that Super Bowl and there's a feeling in that locker room at least when I was there was you know what uh, we let one get away that year because we had them on the ropes at our place and uh, and anyway I think there's just so much that goes into actually winning a Super Bowl. So you could have the best team uh, on paper, but that doesn't really matter. 2009 was the best football team I've ever seen. A team that we went undefeated or whatever. And I've watched a lot of teams, by the way. I have literally watched a lot of teams. Front row seat to a lot of good teams. And boy, that 09 team when we lose to Drew Brees and his baby, you know, that, that year, that team was so good. I thought first half, halftime, we're up. I'm like, I'm 22 years old. I'm going to have a Super Bowl ring, and I have money for the first time. This is going to be hysterical. This is going to be hysterical. And then, obviously, you know, uh, onside kick, pick six, everything like that, mm. Drew Brees, everything starts rolling, and we just uh, we lose. And listen, that's a good point. And you guys had Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. You got Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, oh, Peyton Manning, so Andrew good. James. Dallas Clark, like Bob Sanders. Oh, still, still, you don't get it done. Tony Dungy, all of it. Tony Dungy wasn't there. Have a little respect for Jim Caldwell. Jeez. Oh, my oh, bad. Goodness. Oh, my God. Even along those lines, that coaching staff that Tony Dungy had, it's a Hall of Fame coaching staff. You mentioned Jim Caldwell, probably the most underrated uh, head coach that when you think about guys that don't get enough credit, uh, I think probably because he didn't talk a lot when the camera would come to him on his headset. He's doing a lot of listening, not a lot of talking. Guys who talk a lot seem to get a lot of credit. Guys who listen a lot don't get credit. Ooh, um, hey, know, that was some deep it, stuff it, right there, things, Matt. These are things that sometimes happen, just the perception of it. But uh, people who know, you know, know that the coaching staff that that, that team in 09 had was, uh, you know, obviously a very impressive group. Let's talk about uh, listening a lot. So if you're the NFL and the NFLPA, you just watched the NHL and the NHLPA operate behind closed doors somehow in a league that messes a lot of things up the NHL in the past, gets it right, very quiet. You don't hear a lot of public disagreement. You don't have the, the entire public perception being like, well, we hate both of them, like what happened in the MLB. The MLB, everything was happening publicly. Now, granted, baseball is back, and I guess it can be forgotten about, but it was a very nasty negotiation there to get back into baseball and to figure it all out. It feels like, and you and I talked about this literally yesterday, and you're first thought about it all was my exact tweet which was i hope this is all happening behind closed doors it's not going to happen behind closed doors there's already owners leaking information to network people who are putting things out then there's players coming out we potentially have a very contentious next couple weeks here in the nfl i just need to remember and i think everybody needs to remember there will be a season they will <laughs> figure it out but it is going to get gloom and doom and ugly i think for the next couple weeks and then when those things happen i would like somebody to remind me there will be a league a <laughs> season that'll happen hey man we're all hopeful but i think the problem in this situation is just that you know you have nfl owners you have nfl head coaches and you have nfl players they're used to being heard and listened to and this virus quite honestly just doesn't care uh how much money they have in the bank account they don't care how many followers you have on social media huh. it doesn't matter so you know pat when we were calling football games on thursday night with adam amin which is a blast Blast. There was something that Adam Amin said to us. It was kind of a coaching point because we didn't know what we were doing. We were novices. We were just in there just like, you know, looking good uh, but behind the camera. But we didn't know what we were saying. When we would go to a team that was a no-huddle team, like a hurry-up, hurry-up offense, Adam Amin would say to us, hey, listen, 
Usually we get to dictate the tempo of the game, but not tonight. This is a no-huddle college football hurry-up team. They dictate the tempo, and we have to play to their rules tonight. And I think it's the same kind of thing with this, uh, you know, with the pandemic and with the NFL. We can all, you know, collectively bargain at the union, the NFLPA, the NFL. We could talk about revenue share and putting money in escrow and paying for it doesn't matter. Like it does not matter. We don't dictate the tempo of this. So really what we need is we need, we basically need the pandemic to slow down. We need to come up with safe workplace protocols. And then what the two sides can do is put player health and safety first. And basically what that means is like, listen, um, whether it's testing or tracing or, you know, treatment, whatever it is, if a guy gets hurt, like what happens to him then? Um, is he is he going to go on some sort of injured reserve? How are we oh. going to protect the players, their health and safety, their families? You know it, Pat. A lot of the guys are young. A lot of people are having babies for the first time. A lot of people have, uh, you know, just like the rest of the community, no different. Um, you know, you're bringing your work home in a sense when it's health and safety in this situation. So I don't know. We'll see. We're all hopeful, man. I know that. Uh, I am so hopeful. I did like a... I did a couple, right, right, <laughs> right, question marks at the end because not only, obviously, COVID, now granted, if the NFL can't figure it out, and I don't know if they'll be able to do, the NHL is doing two hub cities, mm-hmm. the NBA is doing a hub city, the NFL can't do that, but MLB's figured it out, right? So if the MLB is somehow figured it out, hopefully the NFL will be able to also figure it out. So when it comes to that COVID, I don't know if the MLB is going to be successful, by yeah. the way. Well, listen to this. Let's talk instead of comparing baseball and MLS and you know basketball to football. Let's compare NFL to NCAA because that to me is the most fascinating. That's They're kind of on similar timelines. There's no chance college football. I, no. I, I, don't, I don't think well, it starts on time. I don't think it starts on time at least. I, I, maybe well, not, I don't know. Yeah, but but here's the thing: these freshmen have shown up. Okay, sometime in in July here, these freshmen, most of these freshmen have been on campus for maybe two weeks, and they're quarantined. They're on empty college campuses. They're in an eight person by themselves and these these coaches they basically these kids are like little guinea pigs you know like hey you're gonna be locked in your dorm we'll bring you a food you don't get to go outside if you know what you will tell you what we'll give you 90 minutes of fresh air you get to go for a walk on campus you can't leave oh you get to go to the yard nice it's very nice to let them out in the yard (laughs) that's terrible so listen, like I think there are so many people that really want college football to happen so I think we're gonna look at basically the success that college football is having paralleled with what the NFL is doing. And, you know, one of them's got to be successful. I don't know if both of them will be successful, but one of them's got to work. Well, I'm excited for them to tell, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and boys that they got to go sack up in a eight person suite and we'll bring you food. I, I don't know how that's going to go, Matt. I don't know. Right. And that's kind of my point is that like, you know, you can't do that with the NFL guys, nor do you have to. Now, NFL rosters are a lot smaller, so I don't know the answer. I don't know if it's more likely that there's NFL or if it's more likely that there's NCAA. The NFL has a union working on their behalf that's going to basically fight for the best workplace conditions. So that's important, okay? But then on the flip side, you can literally isolate and quarantine these college kids, and you've got 100-something kids on the roster. You might have five or six quarterbacks on your roster. So if four guys get sick or hurt, like you've got other guys to go to. Most NFL teams have two, maybe three quarterbacks to go to. You know, like this is the thing. Even though football is football, it's really not. These are two very, very unique 
um, situations, they both could succeed, they both could fail, or one could succeed and one could fail. Well, I'll tell you what, looking you right in the face right now, like I've always said, Matt Hasselbeck's going to succeed. Oh, yeah. Do, you have oh, any yeah. Do you have any announcements you'd like to make about your, uh, your life? <laughs> I don't know if there's room for two announcements today, man. <laughs> 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 I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy for you. It reminded me, like, you having this chip on your shoulder, it reminded me of, like, Talladega Nights, where, like, someone said to you one time, hey, if you're not first, you're last, and, like, you took it as a life mission you know like like i don't know man i'm really i'm really happy for you i'm proud of you and even like you feel like you might have had some haters um who thought you shouldn't walk away from football you had some friends that didn't think you should walk away from football i mean i'm sitting there when i heard the announcement you had actually told me it was a monday night football game uh, you were playing the New York Jets maybe two years before that. I had, I was just walking on the street. No, no, it was. Oh yeah, it was that. It was the year though that I was going to retire. It was yeah, after Thanksgiving. You, you it was said, after- I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And you were like, oh, I think I'm going to hang him up. And I'm like, that would be the stupidest dude. You're like the top <laughs> of your game. You're you might. You're one of the best kickers in the game, and you're not even a kicker. Like you are one of the best punters in the game. And just like even your friends thought, wow, man, that's a risky move. Comedy will always be there. All this stuff, will st- all this other stuff, will always be there. But uh, we're all happy for you, man. Even though, you know, even though uh, it was a dangerous move, it was a risky move. Oh, went- see, I was going to celebrate <laughs> what you said, yes. and then you, you, you know, you kind of went back. It was, by the way, it was rather risky. But the state of the internet, getting real estate on the internet, the timing of it. I and you know it could have failed completely, but I knew I did know that there was a rocket launcher still attached. To this <laughs> you know what I mean? I knew there was a, it's still there. By the way, if this thing all crashes down somehow, and if sports come back, we could still potentially be in the top thirty-two in the world of punting balls. I hope. I just hope so. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's also something called cartilage in that knee that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, they are old. So no announcements from you today, though. Nothing. You know what? I think I should hold off. I- oh! Josh McCown Josh McCown promised us yesterday Josh McCown said whenever he makes a decision he will say it on this show and and, hey Josh McCown and I didn't travel around on Thursday nights we didn't do any of that I mean that's Josh McCown being like yeah yeah we'll do that for you guys Hasselbeck here just sitting on a curb I have a deal I have a deal about to be announced don't worry it's it's gonna be it'll be announced soon I don't know when who's announcing it I don't listen I don't want to steal anybody's thunder man Oh, you're talking about my thunder? Yeah, your thunder. No, oh, don't on. you worry about oh, that. Thunder you know lightning. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll announce it at, the, at your rehearsal dinner coming up here. End okay. Of Ooh. Ooh. There we go. Ooh. There we go. We'll have a camera on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 18-year NFL quarterback and tight end. Good friend of ours. Big announcement coming soon. Matt Hasselbeck. Thank you. You're the best, Matt. Twine, you a fool for this one. Yeah. And this chef, man, Uncle Sam. I'm in my zone every day, every night, every night. Another couple shots about to get me right. You know it. Surrounded by the ones that get me through it all. Only thing we need more of is alcohol. Hey, I'm getting lit. Hey, you getting lit. Hey, who's getting lit? Hey, we getting lit. Hey, I'm getting lit. Hey, you getting lit. Who's getting lit? Hey, we getting lit. Now you can find me posted up, drinking out the bottle. It ain't even sexual, but when I tell your girl to swallow. 
push your hate aside Celebrate your life Don't you slay my vibe Cause we bout to raise the night I'm talking good vibes Good time, fun, love Drink this, drink that All night, sun's up This ain't that two step group Dance, same music Now be that forget my name Spraying champagne music Break it down Cause we just getting started Fill it up, raise a cup Welcome to the party Top, bottom, top, that's how we hit the toast. Six, four, hundred spokes. Yeah, that's what I call the goat. Uh, Uncle Sam! Oh! Oh! Uncle Sam with a K and two M's going very hard right there. Is this a new song? Oh, yeah. Two of the brightest stars in the PMI universe have collided. It is Twine featuring Uncle Sam. Oh! 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 This is a banger! What's this called? We get in lit. Where's it at? Is it on Twine or Uncle Sam's Spotify? Believe Big Unks. This is a heater. Shout out to Twine. Shout out to Uncle Sam. Also, massive shout out to this guy that we're about to introduce. I told the story a little bit about us meeting and having a meal. And you didn't know this story. You're going to have to move that mic up to your face. You didn't know this story, but I had to practice saying, Mitt, will you move that thing for, uh, Mitt. for Matt? Jesus, Mitt. Mitt, do something. There we go. There we go, Matt. Yeah, smart guy. He'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Self-sufficient. There it hey, is, Matt. There you boy. are. I told, oh, no. Uh, a little wobbly. Oh, Matt, oh, no. what'd you do, Mitt? Thing, Mitt? What did you do? Unbelievable. Matt, you did not deserve this. You deserve something much better. Sorry. Sorry. He's drunk. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I, I told the story this morning uh, whenever we kicked off the show about our relationship, Mr. King. And I, t- I talked about how I had to practice saying the amount of money that I thought it would take because I knew the question was coming from you. And I delivered it with a straight face to you. And you were like, yeah, that sounds like a good deal to me. And I was like, damn, should I ask for more, first of all? <laughs> and then second of all, you were so cool through this entire process. And being in a position that you're in, in the world that you're in, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for you not to be cool. And that's why I'm so thankful to be getting in a bigger business with you. Ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of FanDuel, Matt Kidd. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got great hair too. Grew out the hair a little bit during the quarantine. I used to have a ponytail. Re- oh. Respect. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen that thing? Have you ever seen that ponytail and that guy back there? It's up on the screen there above you. Yeah, it's very. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's got a very. That's impressive. Yeah, it's a very white trash man bun there, but he's got <laughs> his own hair. I don't judge. I like the flow Thank though. You. Let's talk about let's talk about being the CEO of FanDuel. Because it's kind of like you're sailing a ship that has no destination because nobody knows what's going to happen with legalized gambling, right? I mean, every day it's like new regulations. You got to go do new licensing. What drew you to the FanDuel company and what has really been the most surprising part of it all? Um, What drew me to the FanDuel company was two things. One is the people in the company. Um, Just it's an amazing experience. And I think very similar to what you guys have here from a vibe is like people just love coming to work, right? Like this is their dream job. And that's a really special company to run is a company where everybody loves coming to work. Yeah. It's a lot better than the alternative. <laughs> Hell of a lot better. than that. <laughs> um, And so you got that on one hand. And then I think the other thing is just the fan community, right? If you think about like, I actually, I came late in life to sports. My parents were not huge sports fans like i was the one person in my family that was like let's watch the super bowl and everybody's <laughs> like wait what day is that and what is that and so for me sports was always kind of something that you know i found on my own and then later in life what i found was just the love and the energy that sports fans have and then have those as your user base is just really incredible like it sometimes it's painful because you'll get picked apart on the smallest thing but at their core just like our employees our, our players love the product 
and that love is something that's very hard to replicate. Well, your your app is so easy to use. The best. I mean, the best so in gambling. The tech is next level, right? And I would assume, since your family wasn't involved in sports, you come from a very intelligent family. So, so the way that you guys have pieced this together, it, and not saying sports fans aren't intelligent, but you get it. You know what I'm saying. The... <laughs> The way the tech is incredible, very easy to yeah. operate, and the fact that you guys are allowed to move, like, like the spread the yeah. love campaign and thing, like that is insane to me. That feels like something that a non-regulated sports book would be able to do. But the fact that you guys are able to do that, it is, it's awesome. It, it doesn't really make much sense to me how it all. I don't. It doesn't make much sense no. to me how it works, but I love that it does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look on the tech. Like we actually have a business principle, which is you know, simplicity beats complexity, right? And so, Ooh. like the reality is, like we operate in a regulated industry, right? So there is a lot of complexity. Like there are things that the regulator says you can't do that. That is makes no sense. Like it makes no sense from a user perspective, but it makes sense from a regulatory perspective. And so, what we hmm. push our teams to do is to say. How do you deliver that experience in a way that is regulatory compliant, but frankly, a customer or a user doesn't experience any of that complexity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a really, really. Yeah, because we're stupid. No, very. no, yeah, we yeah, are. No, very no, 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 we are. Yeah. Hey, Matt, listen, if there, is, if there is a lot of things that I have to figure out to get in somewhere, I'm probably out. I'm going to be that's 100. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm probably out. But the way that the tech is set up is just so smooth. Yeah. Too smooth sometimes, but it, on the on the flip side of there, the ability to sneak in a bet last second, oh, because oh, you see a warm up somebody's having on NFL <laughs> Network or something, it's like boom, 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 it's not going to shut down. It's just the way you guys have built that thing is so smart. And how, whenever you go about opening in new states, right? Because there's what five now, five states yep. are legalized. And there's going to be a lot more, I think, within... Might it, be five new ones between now and the end of the year. Oh! Okay! Oh, okay. oh Mr. Oh. King! So before, so before, whenever I was talking, I yeah. was like, I'm privy to some information that I'm not sure I'm allowed to be breaking, so I'm not going to say it anymore. But you just said it. So they're going to double the size potentially by the end of 2020. And then 2021, I assume, with the amount of money that states are making, they're going to see that and it's only going to generate even more, right? That, that's our hope. So you got Michigan, Illinois, yeah. Virginia, <laughs> Tennessee, coming on. all come, potentially coming online. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. That is yep. big, big news. Yeah. Now, when you got into business with us, uh, we had never met personally. We did not. But I assume somebody pitched you the idea. When you Googled me, did the mugshot pop up first or what was it? Was it the alleged incident that happened? It was actually a bunch of things that said this content has been censored. So I actually <laughs> never really knew what sat behind there. Yeah, yeah, I respect um, it. So, you know, I, I still need to figure out my privacy filters and my, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll get get to those, the bottom of those, what those listings are. But we are so thankful. You've let us do whatever. Not a lot of companies do that. Like SeatGeek, we have a great relationship with SeatGeek and SeatGeek just says like, hey, whatever you need to do, just do it, run it by us. We're cool with that. And I think that is how good digital marketing happens, right? Like people that have no offense to the companies that other companies that do business with us. I mean, kind of maybe if you take it that way, <laughs> whenever, whenever people like force a script down, mm -hmm. like somebody's throw, like, Hey, read it this way. I just think that is incredibly dumb. And Ian from SeatGeek, who is like this digital marketing genius, he puts out tweets every single day. That's like, if you think that, you know, the influencers audience better than them and they, they should be reading your script that is an incredibly arrogant move to make and i think that is the coolest thing with you guys is because it's big business right i mean sports gambling is big, big big business fanduel is big business and the fact that everybody was like at fanduel was like hey do your thing now listen 
there are regulations that you cannot we can get into some trouble here but do your thing that amount of freedom is something that as a a creative person like you can't put a price on i guess i did but you can't put a price on it you know what i mean and i'm so thankful for you no look i I think from our perspective authenticity matters right like people will get it right like people get if i you know if I try to play that I'm a massive sports fan that knows everybody else, like people will see through that. Like the reality is I love my teams and you know, other than that, like I'm not as big a sports fan as everybody else. Yeah. Whereas you guys it doesn't matter by the way. It's it's almost better taking your money now. <laughs> <laughs> when people are gambling. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, when okay. people are gambling uh, against FanDuel, it's like <laughs> when you win, it's like, hey, I'm smarter than this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but good. like from from my perspective, like the way I look at it is like you guys have such an incredible connection with your audience. And for us, that's what we want to do invest in with you guys. And I think the other thing that's important from a brand perspective is you know, we want to be on the side of the fan at all times. And what we found and what I found when I did Google you guys and saw both your personal story as well as the brand you've built is that that vein of positivity about, you know, anything is possible in life, which, by the way, is another one of our business principles. Oh, um, Kevin Garnett. You know, and... <laughs> um, and so that, like, for us, it was it's easy to give you guys the agency because, frankly, your brand is so consistent with what the brand that we've built and are trying to build yeah, and the connection that we want to have with our fans. What's that called? Whenever synergy. synergy. Sy- very great synergy. I think that's what we learned whenever we were eating uh, that lunch right in front of Lucas yeah. Oil Stadium, which was very. We were. I was sitting. I was sitting at a table. We're in a back room. Pretty cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Mouth being a back room there. Not socially distanced. No, it was before. <laughs> it, was it was before. before. It was before the quarantine. They didn't have an air conditioning in the room. It did get a bit hot. <laughs> it, it did get. We had to open the door and kind of do the thing, which kind of ruins the privacy. But you get it. And I'm talking to Matt King, and then oh, right over his head is Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm like, this is just an insane happenstance, and I have no idea why I'm sitting here, but I'm very thankful to be doing so. Matt, we have to get to another break for radio. Will you stick around during YouTube break? Of course. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. We're back on the other side with more sports gambling ceo fanduel matt king talk massive day for our company wednesday july 8th our partnership with fanduel has blossomed into a beautiful garden with really tall flowers (laughs) (laughs) okay so matt when it comes to sports gambling whenever you're talking and learning about states that are coming on board what are those conversations like because what i've learned through this process is Everybody gets their license. Is it a license, I think is what it's called, or something like yeah. that? Everybody gets their license at different times. How does that whole process go? Because I understand that the gov- this is new for the government too, right? So I assume every government is trying to figure it out as well, and then you guys have to navigate the entire process. How does that whole work at you unveiling in different states? So it's a great question. So you get two things going on. Typically, most states will have some level of licensing framework from casinos. Right, so you have a bunch of people that know how to operate brick and mortar casinos and license them, and they rock up and they say, here is the 100-page personal application that you and 10 other people on your board need to file. So, you know. Hey, I've had to do a lot of those too, by the way. Our, I've had to do some fingerprints. I've had to do the entire thing. Our, our application in one state, collectively for the company and all the individuals was 80,000 pages. Jesus. So I did not have to ever do that. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, it's it gets crazy. Like I, I haven't had to think up my college address in a really long time. Oh. And not only do they want to know my college address, but they also want to know who's your landlord. I'm like, I don't remember my landlord. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the other thing though, which is interesting in a lot of states is for a lot of states, this is the first online product they've ever had. And so all of their casinos have been brick and mortar 
And you know, they're trying to figure out how do you regulate an online product for the first time and do it in a way that's safe for consumers. And so a lot of what we do is education, right? It's a lot of talking about here's how online sports betting is actually more easy to track what people are doing, both from a responsible gaming perspective, from a know your customer perspective, and how there's a lot of advantages to it. Um, and so we're typically heavily involved, not just in getting licensed, but also in education, and then helping take what works in other states and bring that to whatever the new state is. So not only educating the regulators, I think educating the normal people who mm -hmm. didn't have Italian friends yep. on sports gambling is uh -huh. a, is a uh, no, I don't want to say you guys cornered the market no, with bookies. No, there's, hey, there's a lot of movies about Irish people writing books. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have a little respect. It's not as well. Yeah. Oh, whoa, Tony. Oh, there's oh, movies about Tony. Them. There's movies about them. <laughs> Math is hard. It is difficult. I couldn't even fathom 80,000 page going <laughs> yeah. through that thing. No, no way. Happy you're doing it. Um, so educating people, I think, on gambling is is a rather yes. big, important part of the FanDuel, like, I don't want to say motto, but like a lot of the goal is like, hey, we got to educate people that this is regulated, like this is fair, this is, this is easy, this is safe, this is everything like that. Because for a long time, the image of sports gambling has always been the behind in the alley, do this, yeah. bet. And now it's like with your, the way you guys are, the way it's marketed, how easy it is, refunding people with money, doing these fun campaigns. It's like, I think it's almost rebranding sports gambling so, at this point. So that's the, like, the latter part is the difference, right? The interesting thing is, Illegal sports betting is so ubiquitous that wow. you, you actually, Whoa. yeah, sorry. I'm gonna try to use context clues here to figure out what the fuck so, that is. I can't even understand them. So, common, <laughs> so commonplace. Oh, <laughs> got it. Um, ubiquitous. It's so commonplace that most people actually do trust it, right? Like, cause they're like, oh, I've known my bookie for 20 years and I've done it. So like, it's interesting cause the trust aspect isn't there. Like, and frankly, in a lot of ways, particularly in the early days, the education part isn't huge. Like we, when we launched our first facilities, we spent a lot of time on like, how are we gonna teach people to read odds? This will be new. Guy walks up, you know, first customer at the Meadowland Sportsbook in New Jersey was like, I'd like to put a five leg parlay down on this, 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 and this. And you're like, you've clearly done this before. <laughs> so we quickly pivoted from like educational programs to t-shirts that said, break up with your bookie. Cause like we realized that like, that was actually the bigger thing to do. But what's different is the promotionality, is the, is the idea of we're generous, like we're not your adversary, we're here to be generous and to make a fun experience. Yeah, we earn some revenue over time, but the reality is you get hours of enjoyment out of you know, the products that we deliver and stuff like the Super Bowl or Spread the Love. At the core, we just want them to be fun. Hey. That Super Bowl heads, what was it, heads, I think? No, we did the, uh, we did a coin toss, I literally flipped yeah. the coin 10 yeah. times. Yeah. And then got a boost on that, and then the winner as well. Yes. And that thing hit. I mean, I hit very hard on fan. I thought it was potentially going to drive you guys away because yeah. of how hot we were last year. But, man, I, it was – it's fucking awesome, Matt. I just want to let you know that. We're very, very thankful. You're not allowed to say that whenever we get back to radio here in like 30 seconds because I know you've been itching to drop a fuck bomb. Or <laughs> Calm down. But I have gotten that feedback. I just say it too much. <laughs> whenever sports gambling – what is like the – Five years. You, how long do you think until every state has online sports book? Now, this is going to be a tough question. You're probably not even allowed to give this answer. And if you, how long do you think until every state has fully embraced it? Because I thought about this with marijuana. When the amount of money that Colorado made with marijuana, I was like, okay, every state is going to pick this up within the next day or two. Turns out that's not how it worked <laughs> out. There's people still not seeing that as a financial gain potential. But for sports gambling, it feels like there's been a lot more. Indiana, by the way, is slow on everything. I mean, we didn't even have beer sales in Sunday 
day two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever they saw around, they're like, okay, this is something we can get behind, especially if it's regulated and we're going to do it. How long do you think until all 50 states are on board with uh, sportsbook apps and, and FanDuel being allowed to be used there? I don't think yeah. Well, I don't think you ever have every state with sports betting. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you, and if you look at like casino gaming, there's only like 33 or 35 states that have casino gaming. And so you just have states that don't like gaming. And that's okay. Like it's it's sad because you'll still have an illegal market, right? You'll still have a lot of um, activity that's going on, kind of the dark arts. Um, but the reality <laughs> is, you know, you're going to end up in a place where more than half the country has in the next five years. Jeez, I'm that's all about. Love that. that. That is great news. <laughs> Love it. Who are who are the states that aren't going to get it? Like, is our our Montanimals up there in Montana probably not going to get it? Like, what states do you think won't get it? The people with more casinos, so because the casinos people will be in charge more. Cas- casinos want it. So generally speaking, if it's a state with casino gaming, they're going to have some sort form of sports betting. I think the exceptions. What you really though care about is online, right? If you don't have online, it's a really small market, and you don't put the illegal market out of business. So. Really, what the three big hitters are going to be California, Texas, and Florida, right? So, do which of those three or do all three of those end up with it? That'll be the big needle mover. Hey, a lot of humans over there. No, <laughs> yeah, that there are. Also, potentially a lot of COVID 19 going on in those states. Is New York State? No. Uh, New York State does not have it, but that will definitely also be one of the, that's kind of the fourth of the big four. Um, We would land in Teterboro, New Jersey, (laughs) Sundays. And we would head right to, oh my God, oh my God. And as soon as we get through the tunnel, it would cut off immediately. Yep. It's, the tech, it really is amazing how as soon as you get into uh, uncharted or unregulated states, it just cuts off immediately. Yep. That was a Sunday night ritual. It was like, mm-hmm. all right, let's get them all in here. Oh my God, who's playing? Oh, they're going to throw, oh yeah, let's do this, let's do this. Oh, he's going to throw for more than that. Of course, of course. And then as, as soon as you see like a lock, you're like, I'm going to put that in and bang, you're in the tunnel, can't make it. It's like, <laughs> damn it. Can you not get on the same page here in New York and New Jersey? Let's talk about the state of sports right now with COVID-19. Okay. You guys have horse gambling as well. In we there, do. Which TVG is a sister company, I believe, right? Yep. And the, so you guys in the AFL is back and there's soccer back. So there's obviously things to gamble on and ping pong there for a while mm-hmm. was something you could gamble on. But going into this whole thing now, what is like your guys' thoughts on this? What happens if this whole thing, it starts, it finishes? What is the idea? Is like we just have those other sports that are already going? We have that whole thing? So we all, like one of our tags is always more ways to win, right? Whether oh. it's horse racing, casino, or anything like that. So we're always looking to have the broadest breadth of product out there of anybody. Because frankly, you know, for every NFL fan out there, there's somebody who loves the AFL, right? So if I pull the AFL just because baseball's back, like people are going to be pissed. You're going to yeah. be pissed. I will not be happy, especially because <laughs> I've been told that the Collingwood Magpies are about to get hot. Just Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Here we go. And if they don't, I'm potentially off. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're always going to have the AFL and we're always going to be supporting it. So, like, I, th- <laughs> I think our, our general point is we, like, this moment of the return to sport is probably one of the most important kind of cultural moments in the country for at least the year 2020, right? Because it's some level of returning, not to normal, but returning of something that people love. And yeah. so our biggest objective is actually not around, you know, hey, how do we maximize revenue when sports comes back? It's actually, how do we just bring as much sport to people you know, as broadly as possible to as many people as possible. And you guys have game streams on the app now at this point. We have some game streams on the app. So we have some NHL that we had pre-COVID. We got obviously a lot of horse racing. We got a lot of tennis, a lot of soccer. So about, 
15% of our stuff you can stream in the app. Yeah, you bet on it, then you can watch yep. it on the app, and yep. then it's mm-hmm. off and running. It makes yep. no sense how how sound the tech is for you. It makes no yeah. sense. It, yeah, it, we, have, we have more stream. We probably stream more sporting events, if you include horse racing, than anybody else out there. What do you mean anybody else out there? Any? Just any other company, right? Because if you think about like the number of horse races that get streamed every year, like it's a massive number. Oh, we've learned that during the yeah. beginning oh, yeah. of the quarantine. There was, mm-hmm. what, every 15 minutes there was a race oh, happening three. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five tracks. Oh, the yeah. horses. Tracks there was yeah. one day I went down a large amount of money on those horse races because I knew nothing about nothing and I was following the boys in here. And I was like, I just had a great fall. Now some horses and ponies on the other side of the world are going to lose this thing for me. <laughs> yeah, Zito at three, set his alarm at 3 a.m. the one night for to wake up racing. and, and <laughs> bet chariot racing. <laughs> That is dedication. That is dedication. Oh, man. FanDuel's parent company is? Flutter Entertainment. And Flutter Entertainment is? Largest gaming company in the world. Oh. Oh, that's all. Good to know. Oh, no big deal. Largest parent company. There's been a lot of companies that have gone public in the sports gaming world. So if we would like to personally invest in FanDuel, Flutter is the public company to, to invest in? Flutter would be the public company to invest in. So it includes great brands, obviously, like FanDuel, but also Patty Power, Betfair, SkyBet, SportsBet, which is the biggest sports betting company in Australia. What's that? SportsBet? Yep. Mm. Oh, so it's like a sister company of mm-hmm. ours? Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, you want a SportsBet. Hey, great doing business with you, Donner. <laughs> Let's boost some odds. Are they as friendly with the boosted odds? They are. They are just as friendly. We, we actually learn a lot from those guys and bring it to the U.S. The boosting of odds thing is insane. Yeah, the next best. level. It is awesome. Pulisic. Oh, Christian Pulisic is something we need to boost all the odds on. <laughs> are you guys going to put a bet out there that he's going to be the best soccer player on planet Earth within two, three years from now? No, nah, not regulated. Can't get it regulated because <laughs> that's an opinion-based thing. Ah, Let, let's. You know, let's. Any ideas we'll take. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> Uh, Matt, we can't thank you enough. Big day for us, obviously. Uh, we hope we can help spread the incredible brand that is FanDuel even more. We can't thank you enough for doing business with us and for trusting us with ideas and concepts and stuff like that. Not a lot of people, by the way, not a lot of people do, especially because we're here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So whenever we have people in New York or L.A. or you live in Chicago, but based, the 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 conversations <laughs> of us being like, well, we think this is how it should go. And they're you know, super highly educated people are like, well... That's not right. It's like, okay, well, well we're not going to do business with you. I the, don't. The fact, keep, keep it moving. moving. You guys having faith in us, trusting us, we are so, so thankful. No, look, we're, we're big believers in what you guys have built. We love what we've done together so far, and we're looking forward to many more years of it going oh, yeah. forward. Ladies and gentlemen, CEO of FanDuel, incredible partner of ours, Matt Kidd. All right, all right. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Shout out to Matt King. Shout out to Matt Hasselbeck. Oh, big Matt day. <laughs> the FanDuel thing is just wild. It honestly is. We'll still have our other marketing partners, obviously, but this is exclusive in the sportsbook world and obviously our biggest marketing partner we've ever had. I mean, it's, it's insane. This is a very dumb life I get to live. I very much understand that. I'm incredibly lucky. And I'm very fortunate to have the people around me that I do. And I include all of you in that. Let's keep moving. Let's keep enjoying this. And hopefully we'll take all of the money from Fandle. I'm not saying that as like a marketing thing. I'm saying we're going to boost odds. Okay, we're all going to win. We're going to spread the love campaign. We're going to make the spreads bigger than they've ever. We're going to enjoy. We're all going to win. Let's just do that. Let's enjoy sports gambling. If you've never sports gambled, we're going to make it as much fun as you could possibly imagine whenever sports get back. 
Speaking of, the MLS was playing a game last night down in Orlando. Team sport, outside, bunch of people. How you doing in America? That must be a good sign of things to come. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it is. Adidas put on this big fake logo right in the middle of the field. The internet was up in arms about it. It was a bit awkward and massive, but hey, they probably paid a shit ton of money for that thing. Shit ton. Those three straps been around long time. Long time. All day I dream about soccer. All day I dream about sex. <laughs> Adidas. That's what it means. Okay. All day I dream about shoes. <laughs> Lady loved that one. All day you dream about Samantha. Oh, Samantha. All day I dream about Samantha. Actually, that is what it is. I forgot. That, that is what it is. Yep. All, hey, you know what I like? Adidol. All day I dream about love. <laughs> oh, to you. Okay. We'll be back, Mignana. Um, can't, honestly, it's, I'm, Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our bullshit. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music to send these people off into their Thursday in a beautiful fashion. Cheers. Hey, Twine, you a fool for this one. Yeah. And this chef, man, Uncle Sam. I'm in my zone every day, every night, every night Another couple shots about to get me right You know it Surrounded by the ones that get me through it all Only thing we need more of is alcohol Hey, I'm getting lit Hey, you getting lit Hey, who's getting lit Hey, we getting lit Hey, I'm getting lit Hey, you getting lit Hey, who's getting lit Hey, we getting lit Now you can find me posted up Drinking out the bottle It ain't even sex shit But when I tell your girl to swallow Push your hate aside, uh, celebrate your life uh, Don't you slay my vibe, cause we bout to raise the night I'm talking good vibes, good times, fun, love Drink this, drink that, all night, sun's up This ain't that two-step group, dance, same music This be that forget my name, spraying champagne music Break it down, cause we just getting started Fill it up, raise a cup, welcome to the party Top, bottom, top, that's how we hit the toast Six, four, hundred spokes, yeah, that's what I call the goat uh, People talking down, put the index to the lips It falls on their fears when you flexing on the kid Music won't stop, I see your anger ain't in danger When it comes to Sam and Twine, we got bankers in the chamber I'm in my zone every day, every night Another couple shots about to get me right Surrounded by the ones that get me through it all Only thing we need more of is alcohol Hey, I'm getting lit Hey, you getting lit Hey, who's getting lit Hey, we getting lit Hey, I'm getting lit Hey, you getting lit Hey, who's getting lit? Hey, we getting lit. Started on beast mode, now I'm on feast mode. Beast hitting numbers like them seniors in casinos. Go for them pre rolls, you think it's beast mode? Uh, I don't know what round me on me, cause my speech slow. We gon' laugh loud, but we lash out. And when I kill the bottle, that's when I black out. They tryna pass out, I need to cash out. Tryna find some smothered cover top ass rounds. Shout out you know what's going down. Pop a top, do a shot, or you can blow an ounce. We're trying to lift the mood, make sure it ain't lower. That's why when we celebrate, we hardly ever sober. Wouldn't trade it for the world, that's just how I feel. When you hear them drunken thoughts, then you know it's real. We ain't turning down, we only turning up. I told y'all it was real, but I don't think you heard enough. 
I'm in my zone every day, every night Another couple shots about to give me rice Surrounded by the ones that get me through it all Only thing we need more of is alcohol Ay, I'm getting lit, Ay, you getting lit Ay, Who's getting lit? Ay, we getting lit Ay, I'm getting lit, Ay, you getting lit Ay, Who's getting lit? Ay, we getting lit <laughs> Yes sir